It tells us in John 10, 10, in the God Word translation, it says, the thief comes to steal and destroy. He says, but I come that my sheep may have life, and so they will have everything that they need. Brothers and sisters, you may not be aware of this, but Satan is like a giant termite. And that's what I'm going to be talking to you about tonight. Just as termites are extremely destructive, so is Satan. The damage they do happens slowly and many times goes undetected until it's too late. Satan has done his best to destroy our families. He's done his best to destroy our homes and our country and everything that we consider sacred. But God, but God. In 2 Samuel 22 and 49, it says, in the New American Standard Bible, it says, He who also brings me and always know you out from my enemies. You also raised, uh, raises me, you raise me above all those who rise up against me. He said, you, you rescue me from the violent person, and therefore I will give thanks to you, Lord, among the nations, and I will sing praises to your name. You know, Lester Summerall said once, I was listening to one of his messages a long time ago, actually gave me uh, the idea for this message a long time ago, uh, and so I thought it was a good time to use it. <laughs> but he said uh, once a long time ago that the giant termites in the uh, uh, Philippines can eat through a wall, leaving just a thin veneer as thin as a man's shirt sleeve. And it says that when a termite, you know, when a termite, da- when, uh, as a matter of fact, when termite damage was found in a house that I used to own in North Carolina, it was really expensive to treat. As a matter of fact, and it was hard to treat, to uh, repair the damage. As a matter of fact, we had to, when we found out I had the termite damage, that was after I moved out. So they were eating it while I was there. Half the house would have been falling down, and I wouldn't have been aware of it. But when I moved out and was having it inspected, we found the termites, and it, they had to take out half the living room floor to get rid of them and then, you know, a few other things too. And we've had walls in other house, you know, where the termites have actually eaten through that whole wall. And, and since they, they were behind, uh, I guess you call it the drywall, because they're behind the drywall, you didn't know they were there. So we went to hang a picture one day over there and found out that the nail went, zoom. There was nothing there because the termites had eaten it. And so we had to replace the whole wall. But you know, saints, Satan is much like that termite. He's slowly eating away at your life. He's stealing and he's robbing you blind, robbing you of your health. He's robbing you of your finances. He's stealing your children. Unfortunately, many are are unaware that he is a thief. His damage goes unchecked and the destruction continues. Until you discover it, it's going to continue. And so Satan is much like that when he's robbing us of our families. As I was telling my son today, all he's wanting to do, he is destroying, he's breaking up families, he's destroying families. Uh, he's, he's doing, he's all, he's, uh, he, all he wants to do is as much damage as he can do because he knows that his time is short. And I said, uh, there's all, there's, there's, there has always been demonic spirits running loose on this earth, but they have multiplied. 
you know, and they're, they're shooting arrows at us all the time. They're trying to cause division in churches and friendships and families, and, and he's destroying them and breaking them up in my family, maybe even in your family. And he's trying to steal our children and our grandchildren. He's robbing them of their minds. You know, he's trying to make them think they're one thing when God created them to be something else. You know, but he's slowly eating away at our lives. And it's time for us to wake up and recognize this and, and do something about it. You need to know that you are God's exterminators. We are this exterminators. And it's time you get, you start to fight back and stop and stop him from stealing from you. You're, he's, you know, you, you, you can stop him. You're anointed child of God. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. According to uh, Luke 10, 19, you've been empowered. You can be an exterminator. You know, I used to watch this program many years ago on the uh, TV, and I'm not sure if I can get it all right. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But some of you may remember there was a program called the Exterminator. And, and so what he did, he, was, um, he would go in, he uh, would... Um, People would be in trouble, you know, and I think there was somebody that worked with him, but I'm not sure. But anyway, uh, he worked for free. And, and somebody, you know, like somebody was in trouble, and he would go in and, and uh, he would protect them, and, and he would go in and take care of them, and he would resolve the situation, you know. And, and so anyway, uh, he would go in and take care of it, and that's what we have to do. We are exterminators. And, and when somebody's out after us, then we've got to exterminate them. And, and what we're saying now is exterminate the enemy. Your enemy are those spirits that uh, is being put on you, you know, the spirit of envy, the spirit of jealousy, the spirit of unforgiveness, the spirit of strife, the spirit of all these stuff. These are things that the enemy is using against us to separate us and to, to tear us apart. Because, you know, he was uh, actually, he's been trying even with this revival going on. But Jesus said in 1 John 3, 8, that he came to destroy the works of the devil. And as children of God, you, you have been anointed with power, as I just said, to help destroy the works of the devil too. You know, Jesus put us here. He's given us the power and authority. We are his vessels. We're his hand. We're his hands. We're his mouthpiece. You know, he, he's, he's, he works through us. But if we refuse to cooperate with him, he can't do anything. Everybody keeps wanting Jesus, wanting God to do something. But God is waiting for us to do something. You need to be aware of your enemy's tactics so that you can prevent or at least, the very least, minimize his damage. Are you hearing me? Friends, you rarely see termites because their business occurs underneath or out of sight. And many times you don't see Satan coming until the damage has already been done. And a lot of times, some damage, sometimes he'll come in and he'll do damage and you can, you can make the repairs and maybe you can mend relationships, maybe you can do this and that and the other, but sometimes you can't. Sometimes uh, he's done so much damage that it's, un, it's undoable. You can't do it. it well, maybe it's not, it's not undoable, but it's, you get to the point where the person don't want to make the effort to, effort to undo it. I guess that's my point. You know, termites are contradictory in nature because their bodies are soft and delicate, yet they're strong enough to eat a whole house if left alone. Their outward appearance 
disguises their destructive nature, much like Satan when he disguises himself as an angel of light. There's people that come into your life that appear like angels of light that really aren't. In, first, in 2 Corinthians 11, 14, Paul was saying in verse 13, he said that there were deceitful workers who disguised themselves as apostles of Christ. In verse 14, Paul said, but Paul said he was not surprised about this. He said even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So he wasn't surprised that the apostles were disguising themselves. In Genesis uh, 3 and verse 1 and 6 in New King James, it says, Now the servant was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate, and she also gave her husband some, and he ate. Satan will always present sin to you as something pleasing or beautiful. It's like these TV commercials, you know, on alcohol and, and cigarettes. You know, just, just those two. I looked up the definition once for cigarettes once, and, and here's what it said. It is a cylinder containing narcotic herbs or a medicated substance for smoking. And I know I was fooled by him for more than 30 years smoking cigarettes. I've been delivered from it for 25, and after a while, I'll be giving away my age. <laughs> Maybe I need to record these before I preach them. <laughs> I'll be giving my whole life history here, you know. <laughs> but, you know, Satan has to lie to you about what he lures you with or you would never buy into his lies. That's what I, that's, you know, that's my point. He's going to lie to you. Adult termites develop wings so that they can leave the colony and find a new home and help the termite population grow. Satan will try to do the very same thing with some, when someone gets set free as shown in, uh, in Luke 11. You know, the Bible tells us in Luke 11 that the, the spirit when somebody gets set free and the house, their house gets cleaned of all of the spirits, then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself and they all enter that person and live there and so that person is worse off than before. It is, a time, it is time that you serve notice on the devil that he no longer has a claim on you. He no longer has a claim on your family or anything that belongs to you. As children of God, we need to start taking a stand. I am just flabbergasted that we are laying down and just letting him walk all over us. And he just comes in and like I said, he is uh, just doing damage everywhere. And we're just, you know, if we can't do it, we could call somebody else another Terminator. You know, that's what you do, isn't it? That's what I did. We called the Terminator. But Satan is the term, he's the one that we need to terminate. We cannot, we can call another Christian or, or somebody that, to help us with it. You know, there's always power, you know, in numbers. So, we, you know, uh, when he's trying to come together, in other words, whether it's in a home or church or wherever, 
we can gather in, in the name of Jesus. We can gather in his name and his presence. And like I said, he says, where two or more gathered in my name, I am there amidst them. And we can always call for help. We don't ever have to try to do everything on our own. I mean, I, I like to do a lot of things on my own, but it, you, know, you really need help sometimes. We have to understand that Satan is already a defeated foe. He's already been defeated, and it's time to take back what he's stolen from you. I don't know about you, but he has stolen a lot of things from me. And over the years, praise the Lord, he's given me ways to get it back, and I, and I have gotten it back. The only thing that I'm working on right now is my family. You can get back material things a lot quicker than you can get back people. You know, I don't know why, but it just seems to work that way. The Lord reminded me years ago, he says, if you can identify the thief and you know who that thief is, that's what it tells you in John 10, 10. I mean, that that's, he tells you who the thief is. And the thief must give it back to you seven times what he stole from you. And Proverbs six thirty one says, and thieves who get caught must pay back seven times what was stolen, even if it cost them everything they got. That's what the Bible says. Satan stole many things from me, just as he's stolen from all of you out here listening tonight. But God has promised to restore the years. You know, we stand on God's promises. And God has promised that he will restore those years that the locust has eaten. And he will restore what Satan, the termite, has eaten too. It says in Joel 2.25, it says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten and the crawling locust, the consuming lo uh, locust and the chewing locust. He said, my great army, which I sent among you. And in verse 26, he said, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord, your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. We don't have to be put to shame. This is God's promise to you too. He is no respecter of persons. You know, he's, God shows no partiality. For he shows no favoritism. With him, one person is not more important than another person. And I know somebody was talking about that. I don't know one day, uh, not this week, somebody was talking about that. But according to God, he shows no favoritism and there's no partiality to him. We're all the same. And I'm so, I'm so thankful for that. But there is something that you must do to take back what is rightfully yours. There is, a, there is a way to get back what the devil has stolen from you. The way you get it back is you must start agreeing with God. You must start putting your trust in his word. Do you want Satan, the giant termite, and his army of demons to continue eating away at your life? That's a question I'm asking you. Do you really want him to continue eating away at your life, stealing your health, your finances, and robbing your blind, and splitting up your families, and stealing your children, and, and gotten these seven-year-olds can't decide if they want to be a boy or girl? Do we want to continue to put up with that, or do we want to do something about it? We think we can't do anything about it, but a lot of times we think that there's a large minority, a large group of people, rather, that, it, that are doing all this stuff, but if you would research it, you would find out it's just a very few. Just a very few. 
but it's deception. And the enemy is working through them. And, and so it's just deception. And, and then, of course, the a media, you know, they expose it as being bigger than what it is. You know, so then we get afraid. We think that there's more of them than there's us, but it's not. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. You can't outnumber God. All of the heavens and the earth belongs to our Father. And he can send down help anywhere, anytime, anywhere. And he can take anything, anybody, any, anytime he wants to. So, but the only thing he's doing is waiting for us to trust him and ask him. He, he's going to fight our battles. He doesn't expect us to do it. But he does expect us to ask and be willing Friends, until you get a handle on your mouth and being uh, Pastor Joanne Ramsey, I cannot teach a message without talking about your mouth. Because your mouth is your greatest enemy. It can also be your greatest Savior, not talking about the Lord Jesus Savior. But it can, it can win battles for you or it can lose battles for you. Right. It can keep you in poverty, or it can prosper you. Right. It can keep you sick, yes. or it can keep you healthy. Right. It's all up to you. The Bible will tell you, starting from Genesis to Revelation, even when Jesus comes back, in the Revelations, he said that on one leg, he's going to say, you know, the Lord of Lords, and on the other says the Word. Yeah. And he says he is the Word. And the power is in the word. And when you speak the word, demons flee. You don't have to fight like natural, with natural weapons like most people do. All you have to do is fight with your mouth. And like I said, until you get a handle on your mouth, you're never going to be able to stop him. And you're never going to get your life back. Because the only weapon you have to defend and protect yourself and your family is the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit, according to Ephesians 6, 17. God's words are spirit, according to John, uh, John 6, 63. They are spirit and they are life. His words are designed to turn your darkness into light, to bring healing to your bodies and to bring increase into your finances. And when you continue to speak His Word, there is absolutely nothing that the Word of God can't do. I am a living witness of that. I am a witness to what God can do just by speaking His Word and declaring, you know, the declarations and, and confessing and declaring and decreeing His Word over my life and over, over my children and, and, and over everything. And it's making a difference. It's making a change. Just the fact that my son came up from North Carolina and sat back there for two nights. That you may not understand that, but that was a miracle. Yeah. You know, prayer works. And I've been praying for my other oldest daughter. And, and she's been changing. You know, you see the change. She still, she has not accepted Jesus yet, but she's changing. God is drawing her. I keep praying for her. I keep lifting her up. I keep speaking. Speaking the word, you know, the Lord said that my seed shall be delivered and blessed is the fruit of my womb, you know, and he also says to pray to the God of the harvest to send labors across their path. 
And that's what we're all about tonight. We're all about harvest. We're about calling in, you know, the lost souls and winning them back. And even though some people that know the Lord have strayed away from the Lord, we're calling them back. We're, we're as the, thank you, Father. He says, you, you're calling them back. He's like, um, what do you call that when you're in the military and you get out and then all of a sudden you get in war and they call them back in? Well, there's a lot that have strayed from the Lord that's in here and some that will probably be here in this in months and years to come. They need, they need, to, be, they need to come back. They need to come back on duty. They, they, they've been on vacation too long. They need to come back on duty. How are you going to take back what the enemy has stolen from you? You're going to speak and prophesy to your situation. That is what God told Ezekiel to do in Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. Your words, you know, let me tell you something. Your words carry more power than you could ever imagine. Ever imagine. You cannot even imagine the weight in your words and what you can accomplish with your words once you begin to see yourself as God sees you. And you begin to speak his words. God commanded Ezekiel to prophesy to those dead bones and he tells us to do the same thing. You know, there's a lot of us out here tonight that are experiencing a lot of dead situations in our life and we don't know what to do about it. But like I said, Ezekiel was told to prophesy to the dead bones. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, Let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. He said because, because Ezekiel was obedient, God was able to raise up a mighty army from those dry bones. And I don't, I'm not going to read all the scriptures to you tonight, but you can go there and read it in um, Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. But the Lord told him to uh, speak to those dry bones. And actually, Ezekiel didn't want to do it at first. But when he decided to speak to the dry bones, the bones began to rattle. And next thing you know, flesh got on the bones. And next thing you know, his life came into him. You know, that's why we were singing the song a while ago. You know, the dead are still being raised. And giants are still being slayed, you know, so not, not, none of this stuff is stopped. And in 1 Samuel 6, 17, 4 to 6, said, uh, David prophesied to Goliath and saw his words come to pass. David said, this day, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee. In other words, he's, I'm going to cut your head off. This day, I'm going to cut your head off. And, and he says, and I'm going to give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. David said, all of this assembly will know that the Lord saves with sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into my hands. Friends, we need to stop acting like God is dead. He is still very much alive and he has not forgotten us. Even though some think that he has forgotten us, that he has not forgotten us. God wants you to follow the example of David when he, when he pursued the enemy to take back what was stolen from him. David recovered all because he obeyed what God told him to do. 
in 1 Samuel 30. You know, when God sends you to do something, you just pursue. When the Lord spoke to me in North Carolina and gave me that verse on uh, identifying the thief, and, and I think it's in Proverbs 6.31, identifying the thief, and I'd always been just confessing the word, and I was asking the Lord about something and that I wanted, and he told me, and I, and I began to use that and started writing it down, and I began to speak it, what I wanted, and, and he, I, I, I recovered it back a hundred times over. I can't, I can't even, um, I stand in awe of the Lord all the time because I can't believe the goodness of the Lord. I mean, I do believe the goodness of the Lord, so that's not what I mean. I don't believe him. But I just stand so much in awe of him that it amazes. I stand in amazement of his goodness and his mercy and his kindness and his patience. And I thank God for his love and I thank God. I thank him for his patience with us. He, I, I wish I had a little bit more patience, you know, but <laughs> I'm still working on it. You know, God said in Philippians 1, 7 that he that began a good work in us will continue to do so until the day of Christ Jesus. So he began a, he began a good work in me that day that I accepted Jesus and he's still working on me. And, and I, I just pray that there will still be, you know, I want there to be more of him and less of me. And the only way that's going to take place if I just continue to crucify my flesh and, 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 and continue to be obedient and, you know, and follow his word. I've been reading a lot of chapters on love lately. Uh, I thought I, I, you know, I've been listening to it at night and reading it during the day uh, because I know that's one thing that really pleases the Lord because he is love. He is love. And I was thinking today because I had to be around a couple like even with my son, I didn't necessarily approve of the person with him, but I, I also realized that uh, I have to love, I have to show love and, and uh, treat, treat them nice and show love to them because you can't win them otherwise, you know. But if you love them, you're a good witness to them, you know, and, 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 and so that's, that's what I made up my mind to do. You know, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm just going to love on them, you know. And, and I think that's what we have to do. We, and we're talking about um, the harvest time. There's people that maybe are unlovable or maybe you don't want to love on, but you have to love. You know, my nephew Tim was telling me that he started going to this place where a lot of drugs, drugs are recovering. Druggers hang out and other people in this uh, little cafe or something in Wilmington. And he said he wanted, he was trying to figure out a way to where, you know, he ministered. And so he ministered to people, but mo all of them, most of them were Christians. Then he wanted a way to where he could minister to others, you know, have a chance to witness to others. And he'd been criticized for it, but he says he does it. And, and he says um, he's ended up with several of them coming to the church. And uh, he's become friends with them, you know, and they trust him. And even though the owner of the building is as, as uh, she's an agnostic, ever how you say that, become friends. And, and she started donating to the church and even allowed him to come in there and play the keyboard on their mic night, Christian songs. Well, you, this is how you do it. You know, isn't that what Paul said? He said, you know, he did what he had to do. He became what was necessary 
to, to win over the lost. And, and that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to do what is necessary to win over the lost. And I know sometimes it's not easy. Being, being you know, uh, harvesting lost souls is not easy. But if we love our Lord, and I believe you do, or you wouldn't be here tonight, that we're going to have to look for ways. We can't wait for them to, you know, drop, you know, at our front door, like the GPS, UPS, GPS too. <laughs> but we're going to have to look for ways to reach out to people and, you know, just think how awesome that's going to be the day when Jesus comes back and you're up there and you're running this person and, and, and they're going to know you and they're going to know. You know, there is, um, I've heard people say that if you, don't, if you don't do it, then God will call somebody else to do it. But I don't believe that's true. I, I believe that everybody, that God has assigned certain people to you. And if you don't do what God has asked you to do, that person is not going to get ministered to. You know, they, he don't just, you know, he does call other people to come in and do the work, but he's assigned people to you to minister to. And, and, uh, and that, that's our responsibility is to minister to him. And maybe that's what Tim is doing. He wanted to get outside of the church and minister to the lost. You know, because he was—he wants to minister to the others too, but he wants to minister to those that don't know Jesus. You know, and and you met most of you met him, and he's a very an outgoing fellow anyway. So, as I I see that brother Chris is too. <laughs> got got it going on, but <laughs> by the next time we have another revival, I won't have it down pat because I'm gonna practice. <laughs> I'm going to spend more time around Tim and uh, Chris. So I'm, I'm going to have it down pat. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, friends, expect the enemy to try and intimidate you, okay? What do you think he's been doing all these things going on around you? He's, all he's been trying to do is intimidate us and make us fearful. Satan's going to try to intimidate you, but the Bible says that we will be surprised when we finally see what uh, he looks like. In Isaiah 14, 13, in the Voice Bible, in, in verse 16, it says, People peer down at you from above, and their curiosity overflows, talking about Satan. People will say, Wow, is this the man that once terrorized the world? Is this the one who rocked the earth's kingdom and threatened us with disaster? And I was talking to my son about that today. I said, you're going to look at him, you know, he's nothing. He's nothing. But he's been terrorizing us and the whole world. And he said, and God said in the Bible that we're going to look at him, and that's what we're going to look at him in amazement and realize what we've been up against is nothing. And, you know, when you're speaking the word of God and when you're talking, they just tremble. You know, this, the, the demonic spirits, they just tremble at the word of God. You know, you don't have to be afraid of them. They're afraid of you. So if you let him intimidate you, you will be too fearful to even attempt to fight for what's yours. And that's why, that's his purpose, is to intimidate you so you won't 
So you'll be too fearful to fight back to get what really belongs to you. I, I hear people talking about fear all the time. David knew that he wasn't alone, and you're not alone either. David knew he wasn't alone when he went up against Goliath and demonstrated that, that God was with him, and, and he said, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. How many warriors do we have in here tonight? Let, let's, let me see some hands. If you are a born-again Christian, you are a warrior. And so we don't need to be letting some demonic spirit or devil intimidate us. Notice that before David went up against Goliath, he made a declaration. He told him that he was going to, what he was going to do and how he was going to do it. He was practicing God's word based on uh, Romans uh, 4.17 where it says to call those things to be not as though they are. I spend half uh, time every day calling those things to be not as though they are. He knew he was just a, a, a young shepherd boy. He knew it wasn't his slingshot, but the power of God that took out Goliath. It wasn't his slingshot. It, it's, it's nothing that we can do. The pastors, we can't do anything. Only the power of God working through us. We, we can't, it, it's not us that does it, it but it's the, God, it's the power of God, the Holy Spirit living in us, that working through us, that we're able to actually minister to you and save you. I just want to say this in closing. Speak it. It won't work unless you speak it. It's just like medicine. If you don't take it, it won't work. It's like a car. If you don't want gas in it, it won't go. Take God at his word. He will take, he will take what Satan meant for your evil and turn it around and use it for your good and his glory. Even if you don't think it will work this time, agree with God's word and don't give up. But be like Peter in Luke 5 where he said, maybe you didn't catch anything the last time you threw in your net or the last time you prayed. But here the Lord encouraging you. Hear the voice of the Lord tonight encouraging you to throw it in again. Pray again. Ask again. I don't believe you're going to be disappointed tonight. Remember, Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but God has come to give you life. If you are here tonight and you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, know that it's only because Satan has been filling you with his lies to keep you out of the kingdom of God. And I know personally that's true, as well as all of you in here before you accepted Jesus, that the enemy was doing everything he could to keep you, by telling you lies, to keep you from accepting him. He wants to keep you out of the kingdom of God. He wants to keep your name from being listed in God's book of life, the Lamb's book of life. Don't let him continue to steal from you. Agree with God's word and live.